Hello everyone and welcome back to the arena. I am your host and league commissioner, Jolly by Nature, and with me today is a man who should need no introduction by now. You know him, you love him, like him, tolerate him at least. Uh, it's my co-host on Blastburn Radio Podcast, the host of your Twin City Torterra, Messer Engine. Uh, Mess Buddy, how's it going tonight? It's going. I think whether or not you tolerate me or love me probably depends on your opinions of Unova, if we're being completely real. But yeah, we're not here to rehash old arguments. We're here to talk about the Zemis. I feel really, really validated that we've now hit that sweet spot in how many years it's been since Black and White came out, that the Reddit Circle Jerk has decided that it's the best game in Pokemon again. And so I'm on the right side of that argument for the fandom for now. For the next year. <laughs> well, probably for like the next four until the remakes come out in their ass. Oh, boy. The black and white remakes that I will never play. Oh, World Tour is going to go there eventually, buddy. Uh, don't count <laughs> on it. I'll be dead by then. <laughs> All right, Mess. Well, I'm on here every week and you've been on here often enough that I am pretty sure that we have reasonably talked about every single project that we have ever done or will do on this program. Uh, but what do you want to talk about tonight? Oh, shit. I don't know. We got lots of stuff going on over on uh, Main Show. If you're not familiar with our show, go listen to it, God damn it. But we're in the middle of our Heart Gold Soul Silver season of Blastburn Radio. We're actually nearing the end of the Johto portion of that season, uh, which will be our mid season finale in what, two? Two cycles? Yeah, so just about a month from today. Yeah, just about a month from, from now, we'll be doing the Elite Four, having our mid-season PvP matches, which are always worth uh, more points, and then on our way to the points of Palooza, that is going to be Kanto, with a variable schedule, a gym schedule, uh, where we make our way around Kanto in whatever the fuck way we, we choose. We got gym rematches for additional points, legendaries to hunt. Like, I honestly don't know how we're going to stuff it all in, if we're being real. Oh, uh, we, we'll find a way. We always do, even if we make ourselves and each other totally miserable. I'm really excited, though. The first time we visited Johto, like, way back in Gold, Silver, Crystal, the, like, the mid-season really, really shook things up. Like, you'd been dominant. You had been dominant mess all series through Johto, and then you suffered a hard defeat against the Elite Four, and then spent all of Kanto clawing your way back up. Uh, so it definitely, it changed a lot for the series, and hopefully it does the same this time around. No, wait, I'm winning. Hopefully it doesn't. Don't change anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, you still have uh, your your Price and Jasmine gameplay to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not by the time you're listening to this, but as of when we're recording this, that is still something I very much need to do. Have fun with that ice pig. He's a jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah, we also have Blasphemy Radio Adventures, which is our uh, tabletop show is kicking off into our main series arc we finished the pilot uh probably what over a month ago now it, it aired uh for everybody i mean I, I guess if you consider the interlude part of the pilot then it just wrapped but i mean yes it's there's an entire self-contained story that is totally available so if you just kind of want to get a taste uh, and see if it's your jam like you can listen to the whole thing from start to finish and not feel like you're leaving off on a cliffhanger <laughs> well, you are, because that's the nature of storytelling, but, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, someone in our community just screamed at the at their podcatcher being like, you son of a bitch! 
no cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. He's a special boy. <laughs> but yeah, we got lots going on as always. This this is wrapping up soon. I feel like we've been juggling so many projects for several months now. It'll actually be nice to catch a breather when this is done. And I say that, like, Steven here, Jolly by Nature, probably feels that more keenly than than either Celeste or I. Because he's not just competing, he's editing and doing this every week, even when we're not on. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we'll talk more about this in the next episode, or maybe the one after, depending on how things shake out. Don't worry, guys. As the series eases its way towards its conclusion the battle spot is not going away there is still going to be a podcast on this feed it's not going to come out quite as often since we're not going to have weekly matches to cover i I can't keep putting out a weekly podcast guys on top of our other weekly podcast i just i can't do it don't ask it of me uh but there will still be content here on the feed and and hopefully that's going to be like good and compelling content for for you guys but yes the the season is wrapping up Uh, our playoffs are winding their way to their natural conclusion Uh, so let's go ahead and and talk about those playoff matches we had our semifinals round this week in the uppl which is the last four teams remaining in the playoffs two matches four teams and the winners of these matches will go head to head in our championship showdown finale. Now our first matchup this week was the top ranked team coming into playoffs and the bottom ranked team that made it into playoffs. Our sixth seeded Chan Metacham uh, versus our first seeded Scienceville Incineroar this week headed uh, by Fisherman Don who guested here on the show last week. Uh, now the Metacham this week brought a roster into the match consisting of their Alolan Raichu, their Tapu Koko, their Mega Latios, uh, their Porygon Z, Celesteela, and Nidoqueen. The Incineroar brought a team consisting of their Mega Charizard Y, their Rabombi, uh, their Sylveon, Tornadus, Swampert, and Garchomp. Now, the Incineroar led with their Garchomp against the Metacham's Nidoqueen, a matchup that the, the Metacham clearly didn't like. They correctly anticipated a turn one earthquake and swapped into Celesteela for, for free, so it was kind of a neutral turn. The following turn... Right here, however, is where the degree of prep that Snag and the Metachan brought this week becomes super apparent. Uh, Scienceville hard-swapped into their Mega Charizard Y, hoping to use that behemoth to threaten out the the bulky defensive Celesteela or even remove it. But for the first time all season, that Celesteela was not bulky and defensive. Uh, Snag and the Metacham brought a setup offensive Celesteela. He set up an automatize on the switching turn and immediately outsped the Charizard and removed it with Rock Slide. This was like so critical. Like that Charizard Y has been a monster all season, every week. It has put in work. It has killed swaths of things. Like it is no joke, a major threat that everybody had to plan around and having it removed on like turn two, three, made a really big difference in this match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, that Charizard Y has been an absolute monster. It's far and away like the league KO leader on the season. And yet just being able to neutralize it before it can do any work is not really something that can be 
overstated. Uh, now, further emphasizing the offensive nature of this Celesteela set, it got the beast boost and it took it into attack. Uh, so this was not a slow, bulky Mon this week. The Incineroar sent Garchomp back out and apparently Snag didn't like this matchup. He was probably concerned about the possibility of a, a mixed set, like a Fire Blast Garchomp. And he swapped into Porygon 2, who did take a sun-boosted fire move, but this time it was the physical Fire Fang, which still does a lot, but isn't quite as threatening. It did get the burn, though, which that physical Celesteela definitely did not want. So still definitely a solid switch. The good digital duck. Yeah, yeah. That Porygon 2 has been huge for Snag all season. Uh, it's been a, a very influential Mon in his roster. Now, Don clearly was concerned about uh, a potential incoming Ice Beam, and correctly so. Uh, he immediately swapped out into his Sylveon and ate that anticipated Ice Beam on the swap, which did practically nothing. Sylveon is, uh, to quote the children, dummy thick. <laughs> uh the wish machine yeah unfortunately sylveon used hyper voice but it wasn't boosted by pixelate and it only did about 10 percent. don did confirm after the match what was honestly pretty apparent this was not intentional uh, and while i don't know if it swung the match it was definitely unfortunate sylveon ate a discharge and was paralyzed and then an ice beam which was all pretty good uh, but it was not like stopped by paralysis and it was able to get a wish off and clear the paralysis with heal bell. So it was kind of a, a neutral play when all was said and done. Sylveon was able to pass out another wish into Garchomp, which ate an ice beam from Nidoqueen on the swap, which almost KO'd it, but the wish was able to bring it back up into a, a respectable range. Uh, Nidoqueen was threatened back out for the Porygon, and Don and the Incineroar were finally able to neutralize that annoying digital duck uh, with an outrage. Unfortunately, that left Snag able to capitalize, bringing in the Nidoqueen. And apparently it was a scarf to Nidoqueen because it did outspeed and it finished it off with Ice Beam. I'm guessing it was just being hesitant in case it was also a scarf chomp um, to make sure that he was not surprised on his own surprise and outsped, uh, but in this case, the Nidoqueen was genuinely faster. Swampert came out for the Incineroar, and Snag hard-swapped into his Megalodios. Don was able to get Stealth Rocks up on the swap. He then ate a Grass Knot, which is huge and should have been all she wrote for Swampert, but Swampert was holding a Rindo Berry and took a little less than half from the attack, and was able to Toxic Laddie before switching back into Sylveon. Don was able to pass a wish back to Swampert, bringing it back into the fight, as Snag was able to get Coco in and get a defog off before you turning back into Lottie for free on the predicted earthquake. They made these swaps back and forth for just a little while, with again Lottie coming out to threaten Swampert, Sylveon coming out to threaten Lottie, and Coco coming out to support or, or U-turn or whatever the case might be. Ultimately, the Incineroar brought out Rabambi on Latios and successfully threatened it out, but ate a Psy Shock on the switch in for 95% of its health. Uh, just absolutely crushed that little bug with its big, big brain. Celesteela came back out for Snag as Rabambi U turned out uh, in favor of Tornadus, and Steela was able to set up another Automatize as Tornadus U turned out into Swampert. They exchanged hits, but each of them did less than a third to each other, and Snag decided that apparently he didn't like that matchup and went back out into Lottie. 
Don brought out Tornadus into the predicted grass knot, taking very little damage, and then outsped and finally removed that weakened Latios. Tapu Koko came out for snag, U-turned as the Incineroar brought out Sylveon, and brought out Alolan Raichu, which is stupid fast in the electric terrain. Uh, Raichu started clicking Psyshock, which did ridiculous damage to Sylveon, hitting it in its much weaker physical defense stat, and it put the hurting on Swampert as well, but once again, Don was able to pass a wish to Swampert and keep it relatively healthy. Unfortunately for Don, however, the Raichu was also running Grass Knot for Swampert, and Swampert was all out of berries. So that was all she wrote for the Mudfish. Raichu then mopped up Sylveon, but it looked like the low health Rabambi might threaten. The terrain was due to wear off, and Rabambi is faster at base than a lowland Raichu is. However, once again, showing his preparation and his tech, Snag was running the item Terrain Extender on his Tapu Koko, making the electric terrain last for three additional turns. Those three turns were more than enough for Raichu to finish off the remainder of the Incineroar's team and secure the sweep. Professor Snag and the sixth-seeded Metacham finally toppled the Titan that was the undefeated Incineroar, winning and clinching a spot in the finals 4-0 with their Tapu Koko, Celesteela, Nidoqueen, and that Alolan Raichu remaining. Yeah, that good pancake. That was the name of the Raichu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that thing... Snag has been threatening a sweep with that Raichu every week since he drafted it, with it being so stupid fast in terrain. Uh, and this is the week that he finally made good on that promise and, and clinched it. Massive props to Snag and the Metacham. It is clear that Snag prepped really hard this week, uh, came in with a clear game plan and more than a few surprises, and he executed it extremely well. Uh, the automatized Celesteela set was frankly inspired, especially when it never came once all season, so there was no reason to expect it. And we finally Finally got that Alolan Raichu sweep. Uh, great job, Snag. Great game. You have earned your playoff Cinderella story, and good luck in the finals. Yeah, this match was really, really cool to watch. Just a lot of unexpected stuff and uh, some really good predicted switches, too. Like when that Nitto Queen uh, dropped the Ice Beam on uh, Garchomp on the way in, and it almost KO'd it. <laughs> All I could think is, like, man, if that was a Nitto King, that thing would have been done. But yeah, it it was so good. It was so entertaining. Yeah, it was a fantastic match. Now, it is worth noting that the Incineroar did have a lot of struggles this week. Uh, At the same time that Don was preparing for this match, he was also prepping for Daytona Regionals in VGC, and his attention was split. Uh, The match also wound up running later than anticipated, and I think fatigue may have been a factor. And obviously, the misclick in team building that robbed Sylveon of Pixelate really sucked. Uh, I don't know how much that particular mistake mattered in the final outcome of the match, but it still doesn't feel great. The Incineroar played phenomenally all season, and if they're going to lose, you want to see it be with all of their cylinders running at the top of their game, and unfortunately, that's not what we got in this match. Uh, That said, they still played really well when the match was on, all things considered, and uh, Snag definitely was not handed a win here. He totally, totally earned that win and that trip to finals. All those good matches, all two of them this week. Yeah, all two of them. There's not a not a whole lot. We're we're nearing the end. And mess actually, our second semifinals match was uh, your 
fifth seeded Twin City Torterra against my second seeded Naptown Ninjas. It is uh, the return of the fight for Blastburn Radio. If you will remember, I did take our match in the regular season, uh, but you beat me in our Blastburn Radio Community Draft League, so we're kind of one and one historically. And God damn it, your roster is freaking terrifying um now into this match mess and the torterra brought a roster consisting of their landris therian primarina mega tyranitar ferrothorn drudigan and dusk noir making his second back-to-back appearance after not coming all season i and my ninjasks brought a roster consisting of our rotom wash don fan Mew, Hydreigon, Mega Gallade, and Araquanid. Uh, Mess, you want to tell us a little bit about this match from from your side of the field, from your point of view? Um, <laughs> prepping for this match really sucked, honestly, because one of the the consistent problems with my team this season has been that I drafted a very slow squad. We're bulky, like we can put in some work, like the. There's definitely some threats there, but we're not fast. And when something fast ends up with a boost and starts to sweep, it's very hard for us to actually stop that from happening. And that was a real concern this week with Scolipede and and Mega Gallade on your squad. And honestly, my assistant coach and I like puzzled through a bunch of of different stuff and, and really couldn't find a, a really solid answer. Like we decided that we were going to have a, a core of a four Pokemon that we felt like really had to come primarily. That was Lando because Lando could do a decent amount of work on your team and intimidate was a really big deal. Uh, we absolutely needed Primarina to threaten. Um, oh God, you're high, high dragon. Who does not like getting hit with fairy a whole lot at all. <laughs> And also just is, is generally all around good for click a button and it get something gets hurt real bad. Uh, Mega Tyranitar had to come. I mean, honestly, you got Mew and Mew Z. Like, we needed to have a dark type hang around on the squad to make you at least question whether or not you were going to hit the button and make something bad happen. Or if it was just going to be immune. But coming into it, I, I did not feel really, really confident. We were really worried about your Scolipede and it did not even make an appearance, which was somewhat disappointing. Uh, we specifically brought Umbris, our Dust Noir, with us because we really needed Will-O-Wisp. We really needed to drop, you know, some status where we could and take some of those physical threats down uh, a notch. But in execution, I, I will talk about this in a minute. I did not deliver this week. I mean... No excuses here. I did not get as much as I wanted to in the way of scrims. It's Easter week. My grandmother ended up in the hospital. But, you know, you you do what you can. And I definitely did not get enough prep in. uh, And I felt it real hard while we were playing. Because you clearly did a lot of prep and got a lot of scrims in. So I I was feeling that the whole match. But you, you played real good, my friend. Ironically, I didn't get nearly the level of prep that I would have preferred to either. My week was also bananas because of holidays, but we did what we could. And I was in the same shoes from the other side of the field. Your roster is disgustingly threatening, Mess. And once again, speed tiers were a genuine problem for me because you're you're right. 
your roster is very slow. Your fastest option is Silvalli, and he still doesn't break 100 base speed. But with that being said, you have multiple options that can set up speed. And once they're set up, they are disgusting. I, I built this team four different times. And every single time I would go to scrim against Pat, shout out to Pat, my assistant coach, who's been phenomenal all season, but I would go to scrim against Pat and he would find a seam and he would click dragon dance on Titar and just sweep me. Or he would click quiver dance on Venomoth and just sweep me. And I couldn't stop it. I absolutely, I had so much trouble. And beyond that, the big, big threat for me was always pre-Marina. I had so few answers to deal with it, and it wrecked everything on my team. Um, I really had to struggle to figure out something that worked. The only thing on my final roster that was on the first version of my roster was a, a custom set, bulky, scarfed Rotom Wash. And... I put so much love into this thing's EV spread. It has enough speed to outspeed any variant of Primarina. Um, it outspeeds Scarf, uh, Timid Primarina, as long as its Scarf is still intact. It is Scarfed to live to Hydro Pumps from Choice Specs Primarina. And it is built to two-hit KO any Primarina variant, barring Assault Vest with Thunderbolt. Uh, so I put a lot of love into this Rotom specifically to say, fuck you, Primarina. <laughs> At least to the best of my ability, because guess what? Moonblast from Specs still did about 75% to me, because Primarina is just a goddamn monster. Um, <laughs> but we ultimately wound up building a team that consisted of a, a bulky hazard option Don fan with rocks and spin. Uh, it also had knockoff, which was really, really important. I, I knew that to win with just about anything, I had to remove scarf from Lando. If Lando was running scarf, it didn't work out quite that way. But again, we'll get to that. But I was definitely running knockoff on Don fan to just click it and just try to try to catch Lando on the swap. Uh, we were running a sweeping Mew set and Originally, this was a sweeping Scolipede set, and we were rocking a more, like, supportive Mew, but you're right, Mess. Scolipede threatened everything, but it was threatened so hard by everything in return that I could never fucking click Swords Dance. Everything KO'd it. Everything did. Come out on Reuniclus, Reuniclus clicks Psy Shock, I die. Come out on Ferrothorn, Ferrothorn clicks Gyro Ball, I die. Like there was no, there was no good setup opportunity for Scully in this match. And ultimately it just didn't make sense to bring him. Um, so we did bring the Mew Z nasty plot Mew. We were not able to bring Rock Polish for Double Dance because we we just couldn't fit it on the set. Uh, we had Aura Sphere to deal with Mega Tyranitar. We had Shadow Ball to deal with Reuniclus. We brought High Dragon, and this is another set that was very custom. High Dragon didn't make it onto the team until about 45 minutes before our match because I I needed something that could outspeed your Venomoth and your Titar at plus one. And the only thing on my team that fit the bill that could deal with those threats was Choice Scarf High Dragon. So it had to come back out. Uh, this was a, a kind of a cool set. It's also, it's a mixed scarf set. It was rocking Fire Blast with, a, with enough special attack investment to consistently remove Ferrothorn. Uh, it was also rocking Thunderfang uh, with enough investment to deal about 65 to 70% to Primarina. Um, and it was rocking Superpower for Mega Tyranitar. So 
Brought some Trixie stuff there, too. Um, some moves that we haven't seen all season. We brought Araquanid. We did bring the Sticky Webs just to help something like Mew or Gallade secure a sweep later in the game with Speed Tears. It didn't help with, with Scarf Lando, which is, again, why we had to remove that Scarf. But it would help with things like like T-Tar and Venomoth. And we were rocking um, safety goggles on that Araquanid so that if you did bring Venomoth and you tried to sleep powder me, it wouldn't work. That didn't come into play. You didn't bring the Venomoth, but that's a bit of tech that I brought just for you, mess. And it was rocking Mirror Coat so that it could come out on Primarina and it could essentially Wobbuffet her ass. Um, <laughs> and then finally we brought Mega Gallade as our win con in this match. And the annoying thing was Mega Gallade had coverage for everything on your team, but it couldn't fit it all into one set, which was super duper frustrated. So ultimately we decided to forego coverage for Primarina and rely on Rotom and Araquanid to deal with her and have coverage for everything else. So we had close combat, we had um knockoff, and we had Shadow Sneak in addition to Swords Dance on Mega Glade. Now just quickly to kind of run through the the match itself, I led Rotom Wash against your Dusk Noir mess and this is really, really cool. I On Rotom, I was rocking Hydro Pump. I was rocking T-Bolt. I was rocking Volt Switch. And in that fourth move slot, I decided to run Trick, thinking if I can put that scarf on something like your Ferrothorn, I can neutralize it. And that would be glorious. Well, you led with Dusk Noir. And I was like, that's basically the same thing. So I tricked the Choice Scarf onto your Dusk Noir on turn one, uh, which made me very, very happy. You know, it's really funny because one of the things that we discussed was also trick. And one of the things that we heavily discussed doing was just giving that boy a toxic orb and hitting trick on the first turn. I would have laughed so fucking hard if you had tricked and just picked up a toxic orb and we're like, well, fuck. And then you tricked it back and got toxic and I kept the scarf. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that would have been like one of those devil Spider-Man pointing memes right there. Uh, <laughs> that's not what happened. However, you clicked Will-O-Wisp. So my my washing machine was burned uh, and your Dusk Noir couldn't do anything but click burn, which obviously was less than great for it. You logically swapped out into by far your best switch in for Rotom, your, your Ferrothorn. I swapped into High Dragon. and I took a Leech Seed. I was kind of anticipating that. I then figured... You just leech seeded my high dragon. You know that I'm probably running fire blast. You're going to protect this turn. Uh, so I took the opportunity, the risky opportunity and hard swapped into Gallade as you did click protect. So it was a good read on my part. I set up a sword stance. I was expecting to take a gyro ball on that turn for big damage, but you hard swapped into the Dredagon and not much wants to be standing in front of a plus two mega Gallade at that point. Yeah, I, uh, it was a moment where I was like, do I really gyro ball right now? Or is he just going to drain punch my face? <laughs> like I, I was expecting fighting stab to hit me really hard and I couldn't protect again this turn because I had just protected. So I swapped and, uh, my Dredagon was running glare and was also rough skin and Rocky helmet. So if you hadn't boosted and you just punched, you would have taken a bunch of damage. Dredagon's pretty bulky. But that didn't happen. You set up and then immediately I was like, well, now I'm fine. <laughs> Proceed to murder. 
Yeah, I was able to remove Dreadigan immediately with close combat, though, again, at the cost of both rough skin and Rocky Helmet recoil. Uh, that good, good fuck you for touching me. Uh, <laughs> Dusk Noir then came out, uh, I presume hoping that I didn't have coverage for it and that it could live a turn, uh, burn me and slow me down. Unfortunately for you, however, I was running knockoff and I was able to remove it as well. Lando came out and got the Intimidate off, and it was able to, to not, land a knockoff and knock me down substantially in health, but it took a knockoff itself, which crit and brought him down to 3%. I don't honestly know how much the crit mattered here. I was faster once I removed Lando's scarf, and I think I could have finished it off with a second knockoff, probably, but it certainly didn't help at this stage and probably didn't feel too good either. No, crits happen, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's Pokemon. Uh, I was able to finish Landris off with a Shadow Sneak. Uh, Ferrothorn came back out, and I honestly thought that this was the end of the line for Gallade. I figured at plus one, Pharaoh would probably live a close combat and revenge kill me, but I was able to KO it in one shot with that plus one close combat. So that was awesome. Gallade put in, honestly, way more work in this match than I expected. I just kind of figured he would soften some things up to let Mew run wild, uh, but Gallade just punched a big hole. Finally, Primarina came out, and again, Gallade didn't really have coverage for her, uh, so I just landed a knockoff and was able to remove her specs, which was real important, and Gallade finally mercifully went down. Yep, did it. Now, I had a ton, again, I had a ton of trouble with Primarina in prep. Removing her specs did help tremendously, but I was still concerned at this point. If I had messed down to two Pokemon, Primarina and Tyranitar are not the two that I wanted left standing, ideally. So I brought out Araquanid and ate a Moonblast for about a third and was able to deal double that back to the Primarina with Mirror Coat. Uh, Araquanid ate a second Moonblast, which brought it down to about a, a third of its health uh, and was able to remove Primarina with Liquidation. Now, Mess sent out his Tyranitar, his last Mon, and this was still potentially really scary if I misplayed, like the ball was in my court, but I could potentially fuck this up real bad and get swept. It happened multiple times in practice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I knew that I couldn't let this T-Tar set up for free. I, I figured it almost had to be a Dragon Dance variant or it would have come out much earlier in the match. Uh, it set up a Dragon Dance and I hit it with a Liquidation, which also crit, knocking it down substantially down to down 83% health into the red. Again, this crit I'm sure didn't feel good, but I was running Scarf High Dragon with superpower in the back. I don't think it actually mattered, but it definitely felt like I was kicking poor mess while he was down. Yeah, it wasn't great. It, like I said, crits happen. And I mean, reasonably speaking, it, it was the final the final hour, right? Gallade had run wild. Like, I knew I was pretty much fucked. By, by the time that... I was not expecting that mirror code either. That was scary. By the time that T-Tar came out, it was, okay, I'm going to hit Dragon Dance and I'm going to live a hit. And then I just got a wreck. Like, that's my only shot at pulling the win off and yeah it's a good thing that that 45 minutes before you brought that uh high dragon <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, with without it there's a very very real chance now i mean with everything with don fans still being healthy it probably could have lived one hit uh, as long as it didn't get freeze hacked but 
like even still, that's not a dice roll I wanted to take. So Hydragon was definitely the right play. Araquanid went down to a crunch. Hydragon came out and just clicked U-turn to finish the match off. I was able to take the win in this one 4-0 with Rotom Wash, Donphan, Mew, and Hydragon remaining. Again, great, great game mess. I'm really sorry that you didn't get the prep time that you wanted and, and that you, you don't feel like you performed to your, your optimum. But I, again, I was terrified of this matchup coming in. Like you have a, a really scary team to prep for. I appreciate it. And like I said, I mean that those weeks happen. We're all busy people. I mean, fuck, dude, we, we run three shows. Uh, holidays definitely throw a wrench into it, but your prep was, was really, really clear. Like, I don't even know if I had had several more hours to like, just sit down and like comb over things that I would have come out any better And, like, so many things, like, when you're doing these matches, like we said, crits matter and crits happen. And there were some ones that definitely did not help uh, my particular case. You know what I mean? That that Lando crit made me so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Again, it's just, it's one of those things. Um it, it happens. That's Pokemon, man. And it could have just as easily gone the other way. You know, you could have gotten a crit Moonblast on Araquanid, taking it out, giving it no chance to mirror coat. And then suddenly I'm left looking at it going, fuck, how do I deal with this fucking thing now? That's just not the way that the dice went this time. No, it didn't. And it was really hard to decide what, what to bring. Just because, man, you've used like a bunch of your mind to really devastating effect this season. You're not really afraid to mix it up either so we're sitting there like looking at replays being like the fuck is this even gonna look like are we gonna have like a a double dance like mew going on like is that a concern that we should have like we hashed out a bunch of different scenarios and the end of the day we're like okay like i guess this is what what we're gonna bring uh and, and hope it goes well part of me really wanted to bring girder just because poor poor girder hasn't seen the field all season at all. I don't think he would have been the right bring, but I think it would have been fucking funny. I would have named him Levitra just for you. <laughs> oh, Levitra, how you disappoint me. <laughs> but yeah, good game. And uh, I, I hope that uh, you do well in the finals because we're on the same show, but good luck to Snag as well. Yeah, it's going to be a real good match. And I'm really looking forward to, to getting another one in with you next season. I'm looking forward to taking that L, balancing that back out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll have another community draft league at some point as well. So, be, be more more times to uh, stomp my face into the ground. Be plenty plenty <laughs> of opportunity. Absolutely. Well, that's that's it for the semis, guys. And all that is left is. The final round, uh, two teams left standing into the arena. Uh, only one will come out our season one champion. Of course, that is my second seeded Naptown Ninjasks taking on the sixth seated Chan Metacham coached by Professor Snag of Puckle Podcast and Pokemon Rollout. Mess, how do you feel about our, our finals match? Um... It's going to be interesting. I think you both have some some really good mon on your teams. I actually lost to both of you in the regular season, so that's a fun fact. I squeaked in right at the end there. But yeah, you got to watch that Sela. Like We saw something really different out of it today, but even when it's running a more defensive set, like Sela is always a real pain in the rear to deal with. And 
I think Snag proved this week you can't underestimate that pancake either. Oh, man. I uh, I realized I, I've started doing a little bit of prep for this match. I'm not like deep into the paint yet, but I started prepping a little bit today. And I was looking at speed tiers and I realized, you know, I faced Snag in the regular season way back in week two. And I came out like pretty dominantly the victor in that matchup. But we've both got entirely different teams than we had then. And... As much as I feel like the changes that I made towards the end of the season brought out an overall stronger roster, I realized that, like, Mega Megalopony was the only mod on my team that could hang from a speed standpoint with the faster threats on Snag's team. His roster is way faster than mine now. And so now I'm in the position that you were in this week where I'm on the back foot going, shit, how do I deal with Mon like Tapu Coco that are just so fast? Uh, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to work that out. Uh, Snag's roster is insanely threatening. It is stupid fast. Like even, even Cryogonal is above a hundred base speed. Fucking Cryogonal. Every time someone says Cryogonal, I think they say Bionicle. <laughs> Yeah, like over half of his roster is over 100 base speed, which makes my job really, really difficult. I was able to surprise Snag last time with Earth Power on Scarf High Dragon. I'm not anticipating getting that element of surprise again. Um, I was also able to pretty effectively use webs against him last time. And I'm guessing that there's going to be much more of an emphasis on stopping those. And Megalodios just in general is a very, very effective check, if not counter to the sweeping view set that I used against Snag the first time around. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how this match is going to go. Uh, I could definitely come out on the wrong side of it. Snag is a, a very good and very threatening opponent. Uh, but win or lose, it is going to be a very different match than our regular season match. That is for certain. It's definitely going to be exciting too, I think. I I expect based off of the performances we saw in the semis that uh, the prep work on both sides is going to be pretty heavy. So I'm expecting a very entertaining match, Jolly. Don't disappoint me. <laughs> well, I will, I will do my best to invite all of my good, good podcaster friends to join my Pokemon League and then beat them all mercilessly in front of an audience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the, it's our, our league all over again. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm just, I'm just the best who wants to beat all his friends up. That's, that's my lot. Welcome uh, <laughs> community. Play draft with me. Watch uh, as I demolish you all. I'm not even joking. I feel genuinely bad about winning our community league. I'm going to have to put a poll up on Patreon before we run the next one saying, do you guys want Jolly in this one? And just let the community decide. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, Penguin Mage is one of our community members, had a really solid season too. And that's who you face in the finals. So you may have won, but she, she ran a really good uh, season. And actually, not to go too, too deep into this, but most of our community did really. Like when we looked at like the win-loss ratio for everybody throughout the season, it was so close. Yeah, that one was super tight. There were a couple outliers on, on both ends, but for the most part, it was like really neck and neck the whole season. Yep, it was real good stuff. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to season two of UPPL. I'm just looking forward to more draft, you guys. But not immediately. I need a fucking...
fucking break. <laughs> he needs to go into his thousand year slumber and reawaken. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be it for the battle spot for today, guys. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Uh, Messer Engine, where can our listeners find you and the things that you make around the web? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Mezzer Engine. Go figure. Uh, I'm also on Twitch every week pretty much for Blastman Radio at twitch.tv slash Engine. You may be noticing a pattern here. Uh, if you want to check out our podcast, everything is on our Blastman Radio feed, which you can find basically anywhere I, I iTunes. Anywhere iTunes are sold. No, anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, like fucking Podknife. Like, you name it. Put our, our name in, Blasburn Radio. You'll find us. Uh, we got lots of good stuff for you to listen to. Obviously, you know where the UPPL podcast is because you're listening to it right now. I've got to figure out how to get us on iHeartRadio. Apparently, iHeartRadio has podcasts. That's clued me in on that shit. I had no idea. Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Yeah. I would have never guessed. That's that's apparently a thing now. <laughs> well, thank you, Messer Engine. Uh, as always, I have been your host, Jolly by Nature. You can follow me personally on Twitter at BBR Jolly if you're of a mind to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch and give me your sweet, sweet, delicious bits uh, at twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature. And you can and should check out our official league Twitter at official UPPL on the Tweetosphere. The Tweetosphere? The Twitter Dome. Uh, yeah, stuff and things and junk. Uh, and just like Messer Engine, I am also on Blastburn Radio every single week, and you should give it a listen. It's a good time. Um, last but certainly not least, if you enjoy the UPPL Battle Spot, if you enjoy Blastburn Radio, or anything else that we produce, uh, you can support us with a small monthly donation over at patreon.com slash challenge accepted media. Uh, and you can earn exclusive rewards for your support, including access to some of like the artwork that we commission, uh, as well as early access to some of our content if that is compelling to you as always we deeply appreciate those of you who are able to and choose to support us monetarily it allows us to try new and exciting content like the battle spot this show would not exist without your support so thank you yes thank you very much we very much appreciate it all these fine products that we make for you would not exist without your support so it means a lot all right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for us this week. As always, I have been Jolly by Nature. Thank you so much for listening. For the United Podcasters Pokemon League, I will see you guys on the battlefield. In the finals. United Podcasters Pokemon League and the UPPL Battlespot Podcasts are a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. If you enjoy UPPL, Blastburn Radio, or any of our other projects, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Game Freak, Nintendo, and the Pokemon Company. Opening and closing music for today's episode is the Pokemon X and Y Super Training Remix by Glitch X City. 
you can check out this great track and all her other work on SoundCloud or YouTube at GlitchX City. Design work for UPPL was provided by Wise Digital Designs. You can check out all his great work or contact him for commissions on Twitter at WiseDigiDesigns. The United Podcasters Pokemon League and its producers and coaches are solely responsible for its content.